0: Welcome to Tim Weichselbaum Show, episode 27. My name is Tim Weichselbaum and I am coming to you pre-recorded from Austin, Texas. The best place on earth. If you have a lot of disposable income and make a hundred thousand a year plus at the very minimum, Man, is housing expensive these days for cucks that can't afford? Alright. I'm coming off elitist. I'm coming off like a dick. I'm just kidding. I don't make a hundred K a year. I don't even know how much I make because I have a very atypical, unorthodox financial situation. And I don't really like thinking about money right now as long as I have like a few grand in my bank account and I don't have to worry about like, do I have enough money to pay for this? Do I have enough money to get door <laughs> Groceries? Parking? I gotta pay for parking a lot, I spend about $300 a month on parking in the downtown Austin region of the fucking country, that's where I park, I park downtown in a parking garage, cause I hate people messing with my, I just, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna park on the street. There's nowhere to park in the street normally, and if there is, you gotta worry about people, you know, scratching your car. I wish there was an even more secure place I could lock up my car. I'm I'm very security-minded these days. I worry. I worry about having a big lock on my door. I worry about having a defensive turret system to mow people down actually that's illegal you can't have like a self automated turret system to kill people just because they're on your property how do i know this because i took an online license to carry course so i know that that's i that's the only thing i remember from the entire course is that in the state of texas you can't have a robot kill people just because they open your door, try to burglarize you. I did learn the difference between a robber and a burglar. I don't remember, but I learned it at some point. A robber is somebody that robs you, a, bu- a burglar is somebody that breaks into your house and attempts to rob you. Or I don't know the difference. The point is, is I'm afraid of that it's happening. I'm very terrified of that happening. Um, it'll probably happen, and just that's just life. That's just life. Just buy bigger guns. Like, there's these people on the left, and there's people on the right, and there's free thinkers, there's closed-minders. There's people that love love, and there's people that that hate, that love to hate. There's people that love to love, people that love to hate. I'm, uh, uh, it depends on the day. If I'm in a good mood, I will spread the love. If I'm in a bad mood, I will hide my hate. But usually, I try to express my hate a little bit. I don't like to just go through the whole day without telling people how much I hate something. That's what I hate about living in a new comedy scene. like I live, I'm I'm participating in a thing called stand-up comedy. That's what this podcast is about. It's a video diary about a dude who's trying to become a comedian very badly. It's like that in a way that's not going very... eh, It's not going that bad. I'll get more into that. I don't have to... I don't know. That's like... That's what this is, though. It's a motivational video diary about a young man in his early whatever, 30s. I'm going to be doing this until I'm not in my 30s, though. I'm going to keep doing this until I'm in my death years. I'm going to be doing this after I'm dead. I'm going to be banking episodes... Not releasing them and then having them come out only after I'm dead. That'll be pretty cool. you got to have posthumous, posthumous releases if you're an artist. There's not a single artist that doesn't do posthumous, whatever the fucking word is, releases to show that they were prolific. I am very prolific as a person. I'm wearing a new shirt. There's a crease on it that is very visible because I just... Took it out of the packaging. It's called. It's a asket it, rhymes with basket, brand T-shirt. It was forty-five dollars, and it just looks like a regular T-shirt, but it feels. Oh, it has this thick, quilty feeling to it. Just feels so comfortable, and it's like I don't know. It's like a rigid feel and like high quality, and I'm really happy that I invested in this in this type of T-shirt. And, uh, I don't know why I'm talking about it. I'm not getting paid to. Just one of those sponsors that are in like, the, I'm paying, I, it, I don't know. I'm not very good at monetizing my life, at monetizing this shit, but who cares? It's a good t shirt. Um, that really derailed the flow of talking about a stupid t shirt. Anyway, I forgot to show last time when I talked about the Kill Tony experience, my first time. Getting up on killed Tony, Uh, I got the big notebook, and I didn't show it. That's what it looks like. I'm very proud of it. I keep it on my dresser as a relic to give me motivation, just to to remind me that, hey, I am something. I am capable of being funny. I didn't kill. I didn't do that very well on the the, the minute. My minute was shit. But I don't know. I was like, I I, 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 I was. That was before I was good. Like in the past week or two, that kind of got me back on track to remember what it's like to be funny and how to actually consistently do well, or at least not bomb all the time. Because so I went, I've been going through a slump for the past, I don't know, eight months, even longer. Where I was like, I'm not funny. What am I contributing? I'm just another mediocre white dude. And I just go on stage like, here's this joke. How about this? Here's an observation. QR codes. They're they're wacky. Internet wacky. And like, just trying to like have these half baked observation premises, and they're not good. And like, it's it's fine. Like, they're mediocre. Some of them like have potential that I was like. But anyway, the point is is like I'm starting to realize or figure out how to be funny again in a way that I haven't in a while. Like pre-COVID. I always look back to like twenty eighteen as the year. In twenty nineteen that's it though. After that, COVID happened. Twenty twenty. I don't remember. I just remember twenty nineteen, I was like at my peak funny, peak confidence. I was going on stage. I don't know, I already kind of talked about this a lot, but, like, that's when I was like, yes, I, I'm, I'm funny, I don't give a fuck how many people are in the audience. And uh, I did the, uh, the secret show at uh, Vulcan, and, it, like, it felt so good to do real edgy material in front of a crowd that actually just wanted to laugh. You never know, you never know with Austin crowds if you're gonna get a woke crowd... Or a real crowd. And I ask them sometimes, I go, hey, is this a, is this a good, is this a Joe Rogan crowd or a shitty crowd? I don't know. And I, uh, I'm just remember I'm just kind of getting my stride back, my swag back of like, you know what? Fuck these people. I know I'm funny. I know I'm, I know what I'm doing. You can't show that you're afraid of the audience. I often put my leg up on the stool as like a way to assert my dominance. I don't really like to do that, but it happens so often. I just put my leg up like a, like a lumberjack uh to uh to show you, you can't show any sign of of uh body language that shows fear. You can't be like i don't know, I can't even do it because i'm not afraid right now but but that's just such a golden. I don't know. I mean, there's no hard rules. Every rule has exceptions. Like, you could kill looking awkward as fuck. But generally, I do better. I'm talking about myself. Not giving advice. It's not a comedy course. Uh, But I've been doing it long enough where I just know that for me, to be consistently good on stage, I have to look like I belong there. I get... (laughs) can't be in your head like oh is this gonna be funny or not i don't know just say something don't think don't, f- don't think when you're on stage like somebody heckled me because i was did a heckle mic so i was supposed to be i was supposed to be heckled it's a heckle mic and some woman said like i was i was gauging the audience i was asking them questions like should i go up it should i go up as Timmy? I want to change my stage name to Timmy because I'm small. I think I'm more of a Timmy. What do you guys think? And they're like, yeah. And I said, I'm trying to move the needle. I want to actually get good at this. And then some woman, of course, of course, if it's a, if it's a bad heckler, it's going to be a woman, not to be, but that's just usually the case. And they're like, don't no, don't move the needle. It's like I'll move your twat. I just said that. I don't know. I just—it's not that clever. It's not that clever to say that. But it did the job to get her to show that I wasn't afraid of her. Like, she kind of, it, there's like usually the women that heckle, I don't know, there's some, they tend to be woke or whatever, and like they tend to try to derail or like dominate and like be like, no, 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 don't do that. I'm in charge. Uh, and I, I, uh, I don't play that game i don't play the oh i'm sorry i don't apologize like if i say something over the line i might acknowledge it that it's over the line but that's up to me i don't let other people dictate how i run my own set or my i don't apologize uh like so I was yeah i yeah i'm um So the point is, you don't you don't fucking listen to woke people in the audience. If if you say something you're not supposed to say, you don't go. Oh no, I I I I meant it. I did. I meant this. No, you just you just tell them to fuck off in a fun way. You don't let it go to your. Don't let it affect your confidence. You shouldn't be. You should just uh, don't let it. Don't let them get a rise out of you. Don't show real emotion. Just be like, oh, you didn't like that? Like when Joe Rogan got accosted, when he got like yelled at by some uh, rapper that uh, killed Tony a couple months ago after the N-word reel came out, this dude just kept going after Joe Rogan, be like, yo, man, you're lucky that I like you because I held back a bunch of my friends from kicking your ass or something for saying that word. And Joe was like, I'm sorry, man, I didn't mean it, blah, 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 blah. But I would have just been like, yeah, dude, you're giving me a reason to keep saying it. Like, I don't know, you got to lean into it. I don't know, it takes balls, Uh but you can't falter. But Joe Rogan is like a huge, he's worried about, I guess, being canceled He's worried about something bad happening. I don't know why. There's still a lot of like pussy comedians that are funny. They're funny. But they are afraid of disengaging uh, their woke audience. They're afraid of uh, alienating or being called a bad, nasty word. Um, But that's boring. Um, You're going to be called bad words no matter what. Like, sexism is fun to do in life. It's fun to be sexist in life and on stage. Like, I don't mince words... If I say something on stage, I mean it. No, I I don't know. All right, what did I want to talk about today? This is still the intro. (laughs) This is a podcast. Where? I don't know. So, yeah, I, I talk. I don't know. There's just like, there's not a lot of comedians that are full Trump supporters. That are like, yeah, I voted for Trump and I'm not apologizing for my whiteness. Holy crap, does that bug the shit out of me. Like, the people let it affect them. They're manipulated by wokeness uh, or wokeism because it's like a religion at this point. It's replacing religion. It has been since, I don't know, 2016. Uh, it's horrible. It's disgusting when I see people with a bunch of piercings and, like, just tattoos and, like, whatever going on in their body. It's just like, yeah, I don't want to—you're— I'm not trying to be a bigot, but, like, I know you are, but so I'm trying to be the better person and, like, accept you to some extent. Like, I'm not going to chase after you and try to gain your approval by any means. But I'm not just going to write you off just because you're clearly in that cult. I'm in a different cult. I'm in the Trump cult, kind of. I don't know. He's not, I don't really care. I, I. I bought a little bit of merch. Who cares, man? Like, sometimes it's fun to, like, be in a cult cult. But at least I have self-awareness. And uh, I'm waiting for the next guy to come out that's even better than, uh, I don't know, I'm not really that big of of a Trump-tard. I just kind of leaned towards it after deciding, eh, fuck Democrats. What's the better option? Like, is he perfect? Yes. Fuck it. I'm fully on board with everything he's ever done. The coup, storming the Capitol, pretty cool. I don't know. I guess you're not allowed to say that. I guess you're not allowed to, like, condone that or something. But anyway, the point is, is, like, um, yeah, there's not a lot of comedians that are, like, Republicans. There's Nick DiPaolo. He's fully unapologetic about his conservatism. But that's it. He's the closest to the to mainstream that there is. There's a couple others that are not as big. Like there's this guy, Jamie Lizow, that goes on uh, Gutfield a lot. It's on Fox News a lot. And he's up, he's my Facebook friend. And uh, I'm, proud of, I'm proud to be his Facebook friend, to be honest. Boomer book. Uh, and I realized what I do on Facebook and other social media platforms is called post and ghosting. I didn't know there's a word for it, dude. It's where you just post something and just never check in on if it got any. You don't give a fuck what the response was. I love to do that because I don't really need to know how successful or controversial my post was I know what it meant when I did it I don't need to know what other people think of it like I don't know it's fun it's fun to post and ghost and I guess I just don't really want to be rattled by negative things people say to me cuz it's just gonna like be hurt my feelings maybe or just make me mad so I'd rather just have it sit there and uh, let people fight it out amongst themselves but anyway, like, there's so many people that are afraid to be racist in a funny way. And it's like, even if you are racist, for real, like, let's say you're an anti-Semite and you just actually kind of are racist in a way that's not super threatening, but, but you are, why not still be celebrated as a human being? Because there's so many people on the left that are that are racist, that's, that fight racism with, with racism. And that's not very smart. It seems kind of like a dumb thing. Because, like, it's not... I mean, I don't, don't want to make this, like, a serious episode or anything like that, but uh, there's a reason people don't like Jews. It's not like it just happened for no ra- It's not like racism is just, like, a disease. It's like, oh, I, just got, I got affected by the racism, and I, now I hate Jews. Like, well, there's a reason that that people don't like Jews. I'm not going to go into the reasons why, but it's like, you think it's just random? You think it's just like, I don't know. Just bigotry for the sake of bigotry. And also, bigotry is not the same as race. People don't know what the word bigotry means. People are bigoted towards ideas, not people. That's what bigotry... Bigotry is about ideas. Rejecting somebody based on their ideas, not their race or gender Or physical attributes like that but people do conflate those two terms uh am i a bigot i hope not am i racist i don't like that word it's a nasty word but do i think that everyone's the same no do i think i'm better than other people based on my race in some ways yeah but they're better than me too am i a white supremacist i already asked this on the last episode am i a white supremacist Nah, that's a loaded term. I would hang out with them and see what they're all about. I thought about. It. I thought about joining a hate group just for the, just to see. Hey, if people are just going to call me a white supremacist, I might as well see what it's all about. If p- other people are so good at labeling me, I'll see if they're right. But so far, I haven't found any to join. I I don't know. I think it's fun to explore controversial topics in a open-minded way to see what they're all about because there's there's a reason people are racist or whatever there's a reason it's so prevalent and uh anyway back to comedy oh yeah it, it just bugs me it just oh yeah so the reason i brought this up is people are ashamed of their whiteness because they're fucking manipulative or manipulatable pe- they, they let their they let other people Dictate how they think about themselves, and it's fucking masochistic, masochistic. It's uh, it's people that are like, oh man, all these people hate white people, so I guess I can't identify as white anymore, or at least I'll try my best not to. I'll try to think of an excuse for how I'm not white, so I don't have to be uh, self hate hated or whatever. And there's a lot of comedians that all oh, they they're so hack they just go on stage. And they have jokes, I don't know if they're jokes, but they just go on stage and they go, I'm half white, half Brazilian. And then they use that to try to virtue signal to show that I'm not as bad as you think. Just because I look white doesn't mean I am. Well, guess what? If you look white, you're fucking white. I don't fucking care where your fucking parents are from. Whiteness is just color, just color of your skin. I don't care if you're Jewish. I don't care if you're Brazilian. Brazilian is not a fucking race. It's a country where a shitload of ethnicities exist. There's no ethnicity of Brazilian. I don't really know. Maybe there is, but it's, it's it's still white. You're still fucking white if you look fully white and you just have a little bit of culture that's not from Europe. It all fucking is the same. I mean, people are like, I'm not white. I'm not white. It's like Yeah, you are. You're fucking white like people are so ashamed. I'm not. It's not uncool to be white. Like it's not it's it's uncool to think it's uncool to be white. It's 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 uncool to follow trends, negative trends, but also on the on the flip side, it's becoming very popular to also be anti Semitic, anti Jew. And I don't want to jump on that bandwagon either. Like, that's a hip thing to... That's been going on for thousands of years, though. So never mind. But it's still gaining traction because it's people still have reasons to do it. It's not like it's going away. It's not like Jews are being less Jewy. I I don't know. So people definitely get excited when you start talking shit about Jews if you're in the right place. Like, they go, Yeah, thank you. Thank you for playing that, man. they fucking Jews, man. Um... And I don't care. I don't know, man. I just like to explore the reasons people have these opinions. And I don't like when people are ashamed and virtue signaled away from their whiteness, even though they're white. They're as white as me. I'm half Jewish. That's not that's that's white. Jews are fucking white. It's a separate ethnicity. And I guess you could say it's a different race than Caucasian. But they look white, kind of. They look pretty white, except for the noses. But who cares? They're just they're just white people with with particular big noses and different traits that are very distinct. And uh, I am not ashamed. I, how many times do I got to say that? I, I, it's just really rare to meet a public. Not a pub, I'm not a public person, but I I try. I'm trying to be a comedian. And it's very rare to meet another comedian that's not ashamed of their whiteness. And they don't say, well, my dad is from Brazil, so I'm actually only half white. Yeah, but you're Brazil. Brazilians have white people. It's mostly a white country, you fucking idiot. It's like, so just because he's from Brazil doesn't mean you're any less white. I'm half Italian. They, they used to be called not white. They look pretty white to me unless actually they don't some of them are pretty dark skinned. But who cares man? It's not all, this episode is not all about race. And another thing that pisses me off is people say you're not allowed to talk about race if you're white. Well, guess what? We're pretty smart. I think we could talk about race. It's not it's just it's not like a privilege and then the whole you're not allowed to say certain words unless you're black or half for this or blah blah. I'm going to say whatever word I want and deal with the consequences. I don't give a fuck. I don't I choose not to say the n-word a lot. I say it in my private. I say it to people I know when because it, it's fun. it's a very fun word to say, but I try not to say it publicly because I know that it's a loaded, heated word and I, I'm not trying to like alienate people or instigate. Violence or whatever and instigate, you know, just cause negativity or, you know. Uh, but I'm not that afraid of saying it, and it's a fun word. And everybody thinks it. I mean, you could claim that, oh, I'm a pure, I don't, I've, I could never even think that word. It's like, yeah, you do. It's a fun word to think. So anyway, this has been a fun episode so far. Anyway, getting into the actual things I wanted to talk about. My eyeballs hurt dude. this LASIK surgery is starting to I need to taste I don't know man I don't know I don't regret getting LASIK but it is weird that I got LASIK because it's like I don't know man it's not like perfect I'm glad I could see far away but I mean who cares dude? okay we got a lot to talk about let's get into it so I did an open mic and it wasn't that good of an open mic in my set could have gone better, but also it could have gone a lot worse. And I, I thought it was okay. And then I was talking to this comic afterwards and they were like, we suck. And they were talking about, she was talking about me and her. And I was like, I had fun. And I was like, and it's like, why do like, she was saying we, as if, as if I was as bad as her. It's like, no, I, I didn't suck. You think I suck? You have no idea what you're talking about. I got to stop talking to female comics like altogether, like not even a, like not even a single word. I have not had a good conversation with a chick comedian in ever since like I've ever since I've ever done comedy, I don't think. It's like I hate to sound like a misogynist, but cuz I'm but I'm not being one. I'm just being it's just like a particular subset of women that I'm talking about. Very particular. Not a lot of women do comedy, if you haven't noticed. And the ones who do tend to have like a chip on their shoulder. And like, I just can't relate to them. Like, they're so like, un- it's like, okay, you're, you're a woman comic. I'm probably not going to have much in common with you other than that we're both in the same room. I don't know, man. I'm trying not to be like, act like I'm better than anybody, but I am. Definitely, am better than this person at comedy, and I didn't appreciate her saying that I suck at it when I don't. And when I don't even think she's that good t- either. I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm starting to believe in myself again, for in a meritable in a way that actually is uh, back up. I could back it up. I'm actually doing better. I'm not. It's not just delusion. Like, uh, it's like actually true that I have some ability. Like, look at this. I got this fucking joke book, bitch. Anyway. (laughs) I don't like to bully people, dude. I don't like to have to assert myself to people. I'd rather just be passive and just let them just just be nice and just not deal with people that are rude to me. But sometimes you got to bully people in comedy. You just have to, man, because you can't let some asshole who's been doing it for two years... Think that they are on the same level as you if you've been doing it for a lot longer and you're way better and funnier than them. Even at conversation off stage, oh my God, this is becoming so monotonous. I keep talking about the same thing over and over again, but like I got to learn how to be like, yo, dude, can you like, like we're not the same. Stop talking to me like we're peers. You've been doing it for two years. You bomb. All the time, and you're obnoxious off stage. Stop thinking you could bully me, because they bullied me. They were like, "Hey, man, you should change your name to faggoty faggot face," and I just was like, "Okay, yeah, good one." Like I didn't even show any resentment when this guy did that, and I should have just like walked away, expressionless, at the very least. I, I mean, why do I just let people say shit like that to me? You should change your name to Faggity McFagface. And I just go, ha ha ha. No, I, I should be like, shut the fuck up. Like, why don't I? Why am I afraid of confrontation? They're not going to assault me necessarily, but I guess I feel like I have to be defensive. I have to put a guard up, which means just letting people say shit like that to my face because I, I guess I am afraid of like a physical altercation because i'm small if you're a bigger dude you could just be like yeah fuck off and like they're not gonna fucking do anything i don't know man like i know it sounds weird but like that you have to bully people in stand-up but you fucking do you gotta show people that there's a pecking order like even louis ck i saw this podcast where louis louis ck was on a podcast very recently it was on shane gillis's podcast and Shane, and they're getting along. They're ping-ponging back and forth. They look like they're complete equals. I mean, this is Shane Gillis we're talking about. He is a national headliner, very talented up-and-coming comedian. I look at him as cream of the crop. But Louis C.K. is technically still quite a bit above him. He's stratospheric. Compare, you know, there is a, still a hierarchy, even though Louis C.K. got pelted and canceled He's still a better comedian than Shane, I guess. And, and even if he's not funnier than him all the time, there's still like this respect your elder mentality that Louis, you know, has to maintain above Shane because he's been doing it for quite a bit longer. So during the podcast, Shane just barely touches his shoes. He touches Louis's shoes to try to, I don't know, during the conversation. And Louis was like, don't touch me. Don't you ever fucking touch me. And Shane was like, I'm just touching your... Sh- I can't even touch your shoes out of respect? And, like, it was kind of half... I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if Louis was being serious, but it came off kind of serious. Like, yeah, don't touch me. I'm better than you. This is my office that we're in. So even at that level... You don't let your guard down. You don't let other comedians touch you, that are newer than you and less established. And I'm trying to do that. Not, but I don't know why. I don't like that about. I don't like that I have to do that. I need to have other people do it for me. I need to form a clique so I could have other people be like, "Yo, don't fucking touch this guy. He's a better comedian than you. Don't talk to him that way." Don't even sit near him. You're not even good enough to be in the same conversation, motherfucker. And I—I I know that sounds douchey, but I don't like when people do that. To, I don't like being bullied by shitty comics. It's not an ego thing. It's just like a get out of. It's just like an inconvenience. I don't know, man. There's a pecking order, man. A fucking pecking order, man. And there's another fucking thing that I'm sick of. People doing, and that's coming up to me. People that I don't know, that I've never talked to in my life, they come up to me and they go, Hey, my name is Blah. My name is Jonathan. And then they reach out for a handshake, and I go, and I just go, Okay, yeah, I'll fucking shake your hand. I don't like shaking people's hands that I don't know. I'm sorry, but like, it's just like, I don't want to touch your fucking hand. I don't know where it's been. I'll do a fist bump. Handshakes are what people do when they want to show that they're on equal footing with each other. And I'm not. If you're just some stranger, I don't fucking want to shake your hand. I don't want to do that. (laughs) I don't like handshakes, man. And another thing that's been happening multiple times is anytime a woman comic shakes my hand, I never shake their hand. I never reach out for a fucking handshake. If they, they... ask for a handshake and multiple times they've been like whoa 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 let's do that again that was not strong enough and they make me grasp their hand with more force because they don't like being treated like I don't know a woman yeah I'm not gonna squeeze your fucking hand if you're a woman as hard as a man's hand I'm sorry I don't want to break your fucking weak hand (laughs) I don't know man I don't really even do that with men. I don't squeeze that hard for a handshake. I don't want to. I don't want to touch your fucking gross hand. I don't know, man. I'm sick of being It's like a bad fucking you got off on the wrong fucking foot with me if you make me re-shake your hand. I don't know why it's fucking bus fucking drives me crazy these women that want to tell me that I'm doing something wrong the first fucking microsecond that we are interacting. So next time a woman comic says anything to me, I'm just going to ignore them. And then if they push me, if they go, like, why why aren't you talking to me? If they, if they fucking force me to say something, I'll just be like, I don't like women. And then I'll walk away because I don't give a fuck if somebody puts me on blast for not liking women. I'm over it. It's a it's legal to not like it's legal, freedom of speech, bitch. Yeah, I don't like women. How about that? You're gonna cancel me from nothing for not liking women? It's not always true. I like I like hot I like hot women. I like hot women that mind their own business. But that's just what I'm gonna say next time I get approached by uh, a chick comic. They're, I'm just gonna be like I don't I don't like women. <laughs> See, hey, problem solved. Anyway, running a comedy show because you aren't getting booked enough. That's a thing that a lot of comedians do out of frustration. They go, hey, man, I can't get on any show. Let's just start our own show. I I have thought about it. I thought about renting out a church. The upper, there's like a church, whatever. I, I would love to do comedy in a church. That'd be awesome. Uh, But the problem with running a comedy show is you kind of usually need somebody else to help do it. And I would have interns, I would have people below me on the totem, like being there to help with the uh, bitch work, like taking people's tickets, checking their IDs, whatever, seating them, doing the bitch work. I would just be the one in charge of booking the show, promoting it and doing the heavy lifting. I would not ever want to let somebody else book the fucking show because they probably don't have as good taste in comedy as me. Or, hey, fuck the word good. Just the same taste in comedians. I don't want to fucking put my work into producing a show only to have some shithead that I don't think is funny be booked on the show by somebody else. That fucking pisses me off. Like last year, I ran a show in a tiny little feeder and I gave some of the booking authority to somebody else. I told them to run their names by me before booking them, but he didn't listen of course. And one day this guy that I fucking don't like at all was booked on it. And he just showed up before I even knew that he was on it. And I was so pissed, dude. I was like, wait, you're on it. Oh fuck. I almost paid him to leave. I should have. I regret him going up. I should have been like, "Hey, were you booked? Did you turn down any other shows to be here? If so, how much were they gonna pay you?" Okay, I'll pay you that much to fuck off. <laughs> I should have done that. It fucking pisses me because nobody knows how to book a show. Most people just book people based on if they already are ready or getting booked or something. It's just a popularity contest. Just who's the best at networking? I'll book them because I see them on other shows. That means I want them. No, fuck that. Who gives a fuck? I want to book somebody who's funny and underrated. That's what I would do if I ran a comedy club, which maybe I still will. I would only do it out of malice. I I mean, I'm a Jew. I would only run my own comedy club to book people that I like to spite people that I don't like. People that... Think that they deserve to be on it? I'd be like, "Fuck you!" I don't know. That's what show business is. It's a lot of fucking fucking uh, resentment that motivates people. To... That's where I'm getting my motivation from these days is resentment. I didn't have a reason to kill until I kind of got like uh, bitter towards other people. It's like, why the fuck does this guy? I don't know. I, I got this fuel. In my coal, in in my uh, cauldron, whatever. I have some hatred in my heart that's motivating me to get out there and prove myself and market myself better and actually try to. Because I just fucking, I'm sick of these people that are just good at networking and fucking suck at comedy. Whereas there's all these people that are good at comedy but terrible at networking that gets zero gigs because fucking bookers aren't going to book somebody who sucks at networking. That's just how it works. Hey, I'm sorry. So I want to be the advocate for autistic comedians that have zero social skills but are great joke writers. I'll do all the talking. All they got to do is show up and leave. Show up, do the time, get paid, get paid. Get out of there. You don't got to talk to a single person. I'll do that. That's fucking obnoxious. I just get so resentful towards particular comedians that right out of the gate, they just were like, yeah, I'm on all the shows because I'm good at sucking the... I'm good at uh, smoozing or whatever. I'm good at... at." uh I have no shame in asking for shit. It's like, but you don't deserve it. You're not funny. Why do you think you deserve it? Oh, because you're just a narcissist? Fuck you. (laughs) Oh, man. So I I don't know, man. But who gives a fuck? I don't know. You got to just not care what other people think of you. I mean, fuck the people that say, oh, we suck. No, you suck. I don't care, though. I'm not going to let it Fucking bring me down because I know that other people do know that I'm funny. Oh, and actually they're better than the people that are talking shit about me. Oh, okay. Then I don't care. I've already found the people that I like in this city. There's only like one of them. In the whole fucking city of Austin and Chicago, there's maybe only one or two comedians that I liked that I thought I actually gave a fuck about. That I was gonna actually kinda try to cozy up to and be like, this, you're you're one of my guys. I'm gonna only try to impress you because I don't give a fuck about anyone else. You're the one that I think is funny. If you think I'm funny, then that's all that fucking matters. Uh, and I, and one of those people in this scene is, uh, ryan joseph he's he's hilarious he's he's he does a very he has very dark comedy one-liners he's very writing focused kind of like mitch hedberg like he he cares about the writing way more than anything else and he's hyper focused on that uh and i don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks of him he's one of my guys that i am trying to impress and i did he finally got to see me do a set in a, uh, in some fucking open mic and he liked it. And, uh, that's all I needed to know. I don't give a, f- if he likes me, then that means I'm doing, I'm on the right track So anyway. <laughs> and he has a good podcast. Like it actually gets people to listen to, he's actually, you know, he's more established. He was a kill Tony, uh, what do you call it? Golden ticketer. And, uh, he had like a falling out or whatever with the with kill Tony people with a red red band, but who gives a shit, dude? I don't know, you just gotta keep on trucking, but it probably hurts a lot to go from having a golden ticket to being like kind of like not kind of i don't know, I don't know he should go back on it, but anyway, that's what I'm saying so like but he's very also like very like uh he talks a lot about how you should not date female comics like you shouldn't uh let women dictate your actions or behavior and we're very like-minded in that sense so us toxic males gotta stick together we really do man this is a serious topic hold on let me take a look. okay if you're like a dude that is kind of like on the on the red-pilled side of the political spectrum And you tend to have women chase after you and try to cancel you. You need other men to back you up and have your back when shit goes down. So us toxic males, we really do need that. Because I don't give a fuck about hearsay. Especially if something like, okay. Any time a male comic does well and gets a little bit of heat, there's going to be a group of hateful fucking bitch women. I could, I should have just said bitches. You get with the bitches. Toxic bitches that are jealous and want to be like, well, fuck it. Why does he get to have a low voice and actually have range and talent and a skill that I wish I had? Cause I, which I don't, and I never will, cause I just, I don't know, it just isn't easy to be a funny female. It's not easy to be a woman and get laughs. They have high-pitched voices that are obnoxious and shrill, and no, it's not that funny to talk like that. It's just not. Men's voices are just funnier to the human ears. It's a psychological thing that's built into humanity and uh, the fabric of, of uh, it's just a reality. So women comics tend to get very jealous and resentful whenever a man does well. It doesn't mean they did anything wrong. They will make up shit and try to fucking get them banned from places. It doesn't take much. So if somebody gets rumors spread around them that they're like a bad person, I look at it as, well, okay, how successful is he? Did he really do anything wrong or are people just jealous of him? If they're just an open micer and they have zero clout, zero heat, a hundred followers on Instagram, yeah, they're probably a fucking weirdo. But if they actually are getting somewhere, then I'm, I take it with a grain of salt. I go, eh, they're just jealous bitches. So I don't give a fuck about hearsay and I'm trying to not spread rumors Just because I heard somebody else say something about somebody and then, because this always happens in Chicago all the time. I would hear, okay, this guy, he's known for doing X, Y, and Z. Next time somebody asks me what this guy did or any guy did to get in trouble, I'm just going to be like, I don't fucking know. I don't care. It's none of my fucking business. I'm not going to be like, well, I heard he did... I'm not going to play telephone and propagate the fucking BS. Because there's this very funny guy in Chicago, probably one of the funniest... He's definitely one of the funniest, if not the funniest comedian in Chicago... And people would ask me, hey, I heard he was like, I heard he's like canceled or whatever. What did he do? And I would be like, oh, I heard he did this. Why the fuck should I, would I do that? What's the point of that? I don't know what he did. I don't care. That's all I should have said. And I, and he's super on guard. He doesn't even say hi to people that like him. He has zero friends on, he like deleted all his friends on Facebook. He barely goes out in public and, you know, tries to get gigs. And I said hi to him once and he didn't even say hi back even though I'm like a supporter of him. But but why should he? He doesn't know. He doesn't know what I'm saying behind his back. So I don't know, man. You got to f- be very like t- close. You got to be like... I don't fucking know, man. I'm tired. It's 4 a.m. Dude, it's fucking 4.45 a.m. So I am not very energized right now. I did have like a bad crash earlier in today. Saturday is when I'm recording this or whatever. It's Sunday, but Saturday was a a day where I just had to completely take a day off, stay in, sleep the whole day, go back to sleep, eat a bunch of nuts. And I felt like crap. Emotionally, I just felt beaten down. Because I went out so much in the past week, and I just I'm not an introvert I'm not an extrovert, so if I go out every single week, I'm gonna have to take at least one day off where I just recuperate because it's fucking hard to talk to people every day, man I need better close knit friends that I could at least, like Jesus Christ people fucking hate or people suck. <laughs> at uh, Small Talk in Austin. That's how I know that most people are new at comedy is because they just fucking don't know how to talk shit. <laughs> like I went to this open mic and I, I and nobody I knew was there except for like people that I, like, bar- that I barely know who've been doing it for like a month. So I slowly like sidle up to like I meander just to see should I join this group of fucking nobodies? Should I try to b- be friendly with them? And then I, so I did and I go, oh man, look at this fucking open mic. People are really competitive to try to bomb on a patio. And the dude was just like, yeah, like he had no response. He didn't realize I was just trying to make conversation. Like, yeah, you're supposed to talk shit, dude. It makes me, it puts me in a good mood to talk shit. And also I'm going to do better. I'm going to be funnier if I'm warmed up. If I'm conversationally fluid, like a nice well-oiled machine, I will be a lot funnier on stage. I hate just going to a fucking show and not having a single conversation and then going on stage. It's going to be ice cold. So the people here suck at talking shit, and it pisses me off, man. And the ones who are good at talking shit, they they piss me off in other ways, too, because they don't know how to go back and forth. you got to let other people talk. You can't just be like, Man, f- this place sucks. And then I chime in and go, Yeah, you're kind of right. No, no, fuck you. I'm still talking. Like, <sighs> it, it, It's like some of it is valid. There is a lot to be said about the Austin comedy scene and how there's a lot of shitty new comics here. But I'm not gonna enjoy talking to you if you don't let me speak. You fucking narcissist. I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but actually, I 100% am. I'm just trying not to give more details because I don't want to. I'm sick of thinking about him. Sick of letting people live in my head rent-free. I gotta start charging a hundred bucks a month at least if they're gonna be coming up in my head. I hate that I remember people only because I hate them. The only people I remember in Chicago are a few people that I liked and a lot of people I fucking hated. (laughs) Anyway. That's pretty much been the whole episode. is just about how I got to get better at uh, dealing with other comics. It fucking wears me down. Bores the fuck out of me. And there's this club that I go to pretty much every night, where it's kind of like the hangout place, Uh, Creek in the Cave. It's called the Creek in the Cave because there's a creek and there's a cave. The backyard is the is the creek. I fucked it up. The backyard is the creek. It's called that because there's like a anim- there's like a portrait there's a more I don't fuck who cares, it's called the creek and then the cave is where the comedy happens that's indoors and there's a bear on stage to show that that's the cave. Anyway, it's a good room, but there's a lot of fucking egos that go there, and they will play these Jedi mind tricks to convince you that you're not worthy of them. Of being in their presence and I get it that's what I'm trying to do to some extent but it's bullshit and it doesn't mean that, that, you're, that you don't deserve to be there and I I decided to just kind of be like you know what this is not high school and if it is I'm 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 good enough to be on varsity so I stopped caring if I made eye contact with somebody that thought they were too good to make eye contact with me I didn't avert my eyes I was in a very alpha male mental mood because I had it. I don't know. I was just like, you know what? I'm fucking good enough. So I was scanning the backyard and like I was making eye contact with some people, but not being like, oh, sorry, let me move away. I didn't mean to make eye contact. I don't give a fuck. And I just realized that yeah, I don't. I'm not gonna let it get to my head. I'm not gonna let these idiots uh, convince me that I'm not good enough to be here. And it, it helped my set. I just was like, yeah, I'm funny. And I did well at the three minute, whatever open mic set. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I actually can do well in a, in a dead room after all, where everyone else is bombing. If I just actually believe in myself and it helps that I had it, that I took a little break from jerking off because jerking off takes away your essence. It takes away your manliness But I had, I, I, and I'm glad I did that, uh, but it's tough to maintain the streak. But anyway, who, you gotta maintain that fucking, that assertive, that confidence. And once you do, it becomes a lot easier to not let other people infiltrate your self esteem. Because I am funny enough to be here. And I'm sick of people thinking I'm like I, that. I'm not. Uh, fuck. It's the only reason I've been bombing is because I had no self-confidence, and there's a reason for that. I was busy focusing on other things like business, finances, taxes, homeownership, car troubles, shit like that. And back in 2017, when I was first diagnosed with epilepsy. I gained this, you know what i 'm gonna die at some i'm definitely gonna die at some point, maybe soon, maybe i 'll die young. The fatality rate or mortality i don 't fucking know people with epilepsy don 't live as long as people without it, so I was like, you know what, since I know that i 'm gonna die someday, why the fuck do I care what other people think of me? Why am I not trying to move the needle on life? So that gave me this fucking beautiful amount of confidence that was real confidence that wasn't based on bullshit. I earned it. So I was having these great sets. I was going out to open mics and just doing very well because I had real confidence. And I'm starting to gain some of that back uh but, and i'm getting my point of view back as a comedian and my voice they say it takes about 10 years to get a comedic voice and i'm about 10 years in and i'm starting to develop a consistent voice that's that's like it's starting to kind of crystallize it's like art, it's like a dinosaur being dug out of a fucking out of the ground you dig out the skeleton of a dinosaur, and it's like, "Oh I see what it is it's a it's a fucking stegosaurus or something. Um, I'm starting to dig that out in a way that's uh solid and it's not it's unchanging. I think I talked about this on the last episode, how I know I'm not likable <laughs> i don't I'm not gonna ever try to be likable on stage. I'm just gonna try to be an angry Italian guy. Because that's what my voice does whenever I'm in the zone. I go, hey look at this motherfucker. Oh you don't like me? I'm a fucking I'm an angry Italian guy. Uh so that's my point of view. It's angry racist Italian shithead. Sorry, Reddit. I know that's not very popular on the fucking internet or at least the mainstream part of the internet to be like a Joe Rogan fan. A fucking stool humper. Well, how about this, motherfucker? I like Elon Musk. I think he's a fucking genius. And you know what? I think Brendan Schaub's special was not that bad. How about that? I don't know. So I, I, it's just like for me to be funny, and like so, if you have a point of view, it that gives you a framework for how to write jokes. It becomes a lot easier to think of a premise and to know if it's gonna be good, even before you do it, based on your uh, voice and point of view as a comedian. If I know that a voice will, or that a joke will work for me if it's in the category that my voice projects, it becomes so much easier To write jokes, dude. It's almost effortless. I know that I'm not a nerd on stage. Off stage, I'm a nerd. On stage... Like, off stage, I could talk about fucking cameras, programming, economics, whatever. On stage, who gives a fuck about that shit? I talk about, you know, shit that's actually funny. And uh, so that awakens, like, this, this persona... That has always that has been there, but I forgot that I had it during COVID, and now it's co- and also it's not that I forgot; it's that I was playing to such a woke fucking crowd in Chicago. The fucking crowds in Chicago suck dick unless you're doing like a downtown club, like uh what is it called? The comedy bar? Yeah, comedy bar. If it's a real club. Whatever, dog. It's not all black and white. It's just that there's like there's like in Austin, you might get a woke crowd, but like at least it's still Texas and they're surrounded by people with guns on them, so they they keep it a little more polite. They go on the internet and complain and write up these fucking stupid articles, but in person they will at least shut the fuck up. I don't know, man. You got to stick to your guns. You can't worry about the woke fucking idiots they'll give you free press people love to see canceled comedians like it's exciting it's oh this guy did you hear that this guy is like somebody that a bunch of people try to cancel he's probably funny and that's usually the case like uh, Shane Gillis Shane Gillis is like oh man being canceled doesn't help you it's like yeah it does in some ways it does if you were just some fucking SNL player, nobody would give a fuck about you. But if you're a canceled SNL player, look at you. Now you're a fucking national headliner and you're friends with Louis C.K. It, it, it's it's not all bad to be canceled. So I'm trying to be canceled, brother. And I'm trying out new uh, stage names. I'm done with Weichselbaum. I'm done fucking going on stage as Tim Weichselbaum. It's not funny, it wouldn't look good on billboards or on, uh what do you call it, on marquees, you know? That's how I formulated my new stage name. I was like, okay, what would look good on a fucking marquee? It's a little bit formulaic, a little bit, uh, you know, produced and like made in a lab, but like I'm mean, trying to go up as Timmy Gusto, which I'm not married to. I hate it. But not as much as I hate my real name. Like, Timmy Gusto just has a ring to it that sounds like, okay, this guy, if you heard of Timmy Gusto or Gusto, if you want to be technical about it, either way, it fucking works. It would look good on a billboard or marquee. I don't know why I keep saying billboard. And it matches my persona because I sound like an Italian guy. So that'll be my new stage name, and I've been using it a little bit, and I I don't mind it. I I don't like it that much. It's a little bit on the, uh Gusto. Who gives a fuck? I'm going to keep using it, and I'm going to lean into my comedic persona that I've been developing for the past 10 years. I'm going to be doing Kill Tony. I'm going to be trying to go up on Kill Tony again. They'll be like, oh, your name's this now? It's like, yeah, I'm this guy now. I was Tim.com. On the first time I went on, which hasn't come out yet, it's probably not even—I co- don't know when it's coming out. Don't care. <laughs> I just know I'm probably gonna want to do it again. Of course, I would love to be featured on there as like a regular, because I—I, you know, they say it's tough to write a new minute every week, and it is. But I could do—I could totally—I could do that. I'm I'm pretty good at coming up with new material and only doing it once. That's pretty much my fucking best. That's pretty much my specialty is coming up with jokes, doing them once or twice, and then being like, fuck that shit, I'm never doing that again. I don't know, man, but it's fine. I don't know. They don't need a racist Italian guy. I'd be very surprised. (laughs) I was a scumbag when I drank. That's another thing. I'm six months sober from alcohol. Also haven't really been smoking any of the THC. It's not good for my health. Oh, man. It gives me uh, terrible dreams. Terrible, very, very vivid dreams. And I have these, you know, negative thoughts a lot. But the microdosing's helping with that. That's not a drug. Microdosing is not a drug. Anyway, so... Now that I'm sober and less of a, less of a scumbag, I'm only gonna get better. I'm only gonna get more confident and more consistently good. My memory's getting better, my working memory, my short-term memory. So I am becoming hyper-focused on this thing we call comedy, stand-up comedy, and I'm excited. Every I'm getting so in the zone. Like I go to bed, it's hard to go to sleep without writing a bunch of new premises or whatever. Uh, And it's exciting. There's not a lot of good stage time yet, but I really want more. I want to go on stage in front of real audiences. I don't give a fuck about making comedians laugh. There's a bunch of stuck-up, idiot, narcissistic comics that think they're way better than they are. And I don't give a fuck about them. None of them are good enough to be at the Joe Rogan Club that's opening soon. I don't know if I am either, but I'm better than most people. I'm in the top 90% percentile. I don't know if, that, if that's... Their, I'm in the top 10%, let's put it that way, of uh, talent, I think. I mean, maybe not. Let's go with 20%. Let's keep it a little bit modest. So if I'm in the top 20% in the, of talent pool then yeah, maybe I'm good enough to do the Joe Rogan Club once I get my shit together. I don't have a lot of like fully formed jokes. That's not what I'm good at. I'm not good at repeating the same jokes until they're super tight and materialized. I'm good at doing half-baked premises and just riffing off the room. And that's fine. You don't have to be good at... You don't have to... That's perfectly fucking fine. Like Bill Hicks said that you should only do your act when you have nothing else to say. So, suck my dick. <laughs> and I'm done talking to Women Comics. I already talked about this. And uh, I, I, it's such a bad idea to fuck them. It, all, it always comes back to haunt you. I don't care if how little you think of sex at the time. It's like, oh, it's just sex, big deal. Yeah, but then you're going to make other people only know who you are because you fucked somebody. They're going to be like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, and then they know about you only because you fucked somebody. It's like, I don't want that to be the way that I become notorious or whatever. I fucking hate that. So it's a bad idea, but my self esteem is improving, I hope, enough where I could at least try to be better than that. Really bad idea to date a comic. I would date, the closest thing I would do to dating a comic is dating an improv girl which there's not a lot of in the city, but if but they are way better at talking to people. They're way better at getting along with other people by virtue of being an improver. You kind of have to be. Comics are fucking assholes, and I wouldn't. And a, I, I don't want to date them. They're fucked up enough. I don't want to mix my f- fucked up with somebody else. It's horrible. I hate toxic relationships. I I just don't, I'm done, I don't need that in my life. Sometimes it's good to be in a toxic relationship because it motivates you to get out of it and to be funnier. It makes you funnier. Abuse does make you funnier. But enough about that fucking shit. (laughs) I went to this college bar two nights ago to do an open mic, horrible open mic, but... I did it, and there was all these uh, young, blonde, 20-year-old women. And I I was like, damn, the difference between 20 and 30 for a woman is fucking brutal. (laughs) Like, 20, you're so young and vibrant and unmolested by time and wrinkles and, like, grit. And then you see women in their 30s, it's like, I'm going to go with the one in their 20s. Um, <laughs> oh man, like it's not creepy if, to, to be attracted to a 20-year-old woman. Society tells you that it is, but it's not. It's actually pretty natural to be attracted to them because they're at peak fertility. And I'm at peak fertility too as a man in my 30s. So it actually is pretty normal. And also, what's wrong with my dick? What is so weird about my dick compared to a 20-year-old man's dick? Nothing. They're the same. Mine looks a little... I don't know. What's the difference? Nothing. If anything, I'm less creepy than a 20-year-old man, and I'm more predictable, I'm less, uh, like, what's the worst that could happen? Like, Dan Cook got called a creep on an old episode of Kill Tony for dating a 20-year-old by some 21-year-old shithead who bombed. He just went on there to talk shit about Kill Tony people. He was like, oh, Dan Cook, you're dating a 20-year-old? I wouldn't even date a 20-year-old. And I'm 21! And it bombed and Tony was just like, come on, man. And Dane was just sitting there, and he, he just got so pissed off. But if you think about it, big fucking whoop, he's dating a 20-year-old. That's cool that he could date a 20-year-old. There's nothing creepy about that. That's fucking awesome. Look at her. Would you not want to date her? <laughs> think you're better than me? I don't know, man. I just got to not let people... And it's And it's not doesn't even feel that bad to be called a creep if that's how if they're that hot. If it was an ugly 20-year-old, okay, I get it. But if she's, like, fucking hot, it's like, yo, yeah, I'm a creep. <laughs> Look at her. Oh, man, this has been a very dry, this has been a very uh, high-effort episode because I'm in a bad, brutal, defeated, I don't know, just physically bad mood. But I will rise. I will reinvent myself and evolve tomorrow, and go out hopefully in a better mood. As uh, Timmy Gusto. I don't like that name. I, I, I maybe I don't know, man. I got, I'm still working on the on the stage name. And uh, this has been an episode of the Tim Vikesabam podcast. I will see you next week.